Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Network. It's Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample back with you here on the show as we got you until 1 o'clock Eastern. Dan Strafford is going to be along with a Sports Grid update coming up in just a couple of minutes. And uh, as we bring uh, Frank Stample back in here on the show, we've got a couple of quick news and notes to give to you today. The game's going to start in about an hour. Uh, Washington Nationals and Miami Marlins. Max Scherzer has been scratched from his start. Uh, He says it's a little bit of an ailment on his right side. He told reporters it was not serious. Of course, any kind of injury news is serious, Frank. But I do want to tell people how spring training works a little bit, if you're unfamiliar. The only unfortunate part of, uh, of teams facing each other in spring training is that when teams are in the same division, they have to see each other over and over and over again if they're in the same location. And in South Florida, you have the Mets and you have the Nationals and you have the Marlins. And so therefore, because they're playing so often against each other, they sometimes don't want to throw their pitchers like five times or four times against the same team in the spring. They don't like that. Uh, It happens all the time. What you'll see is players get scratched. They throw them on a backfield somewhere and they face, uh, you know, somebody else. And so this way, when they go into the regular season, that doesn't become an issue, Frank. So that could be part of it. It looks like this is somewhat of a legitimate injury here. I'm not saying that it's not, but just also something to consider. Really good point there by Craig Mish. That's why he's the best in the business. That's not something that I would have thought of, but this is the type of insight that Craig Mish brings to the table here, and I think it makes a ton of sense, right? You don't want all these guys to see each other before the season starts because obviously they're going to face each other enough times throughout the course of the regular season as well. Definitely something to pay attention to with Max Scherzer. Uh, Obviously with Justin Verlander going down yesterday, I think he very clearly falls out of the first round, potentially out of the second round as well. Maybe Verlander in the third round. So, uh, you know, Max Scherzer, you know, in that same area as well with Verlander. We'll have to see, you know, kind of where the ADP settles in. But we go live this weekend, Craig. We got a few main event drafts with the NFBC. We have a bunch of Tout Wars drafts and auctions as well. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where these players ultimately end up going and how much they are, how much they go for in terms of auction value as well, Craig. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, Tout Wars is is still going on this weekend. Um, you know, that's that's a tough, tough call for me. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. But uh, I think if I had to travel, I'm not scheduled to. I had I have a, a family event this weekend. If I did, I don't know. I think that I probably would uh, end up skipping it this weekend. Um, having a family is just uh, one of the very tough parts of it that you can't do. Be right back. Well, guys, Chris Sale will be reassessed at the 10 to 14 day mark of his shutdown period. He's dealing with some elbow issues that have been well chronicled. Gary Sanchez did not take batting practice Tuesday as previously scheduled. That's three days in a row now. Reports coming out, though, that Sanchez is not at Yankee Spring Training Complex due to having a fever. Max Scherzer, as you just discussed, was limited to long toss on Tuesday due to what he called, quote, an ailment on his right side. He had been slated to throw a 60-pitch bullpen session. Scherzer is downplaying the issue, calling it 
an endurance and fatigue problem brought on by a mechanical adjustment he made over the offseason designed to combat last year's nagging back ailment. Astros manager Dusty Baker admitted that he's unsure whether Jordan Alvarez will be ready for opening day or not. Alvarez has been out with knee soreness in both knees. The hope was that Alvarez would return to Grapefruit League action on Wednesday. The NFLPA and NFL Management Council agreed to extend the franchise and transition tag deadline to 11.59.59 a.m. Eastern on Monday, March 16th. Initially scheduled to come to a close on Thursday, this updated deadline takes place after the CBA ratification vote. According to multiple reports, the rest of the league calendar will remain exactly the same. The Steelers and Cowboys will play in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio on August 6th, but their schedule is officially set to kick off with that first preseason game. Both teams will have five preseason tune-ups before entering the regular season. Bill Cowher, Jimmy Johnson entering the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Not shocking to see these two teams were chosen. Nine games in the National Basketball Association tonight. The Boston Celtics will be out with without Jalen Brown yet again. Hamstring issues hampering the youngster. Celtics are in Indiana to take on the Pacers. That game has a minus three spread to 14 and a half over under. The Rockets are hosting the Timberwolves, trying to get that small ball lineup going again. Just highlighting this one with a 245 and a half over under. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep an eye on on all the injuries and everything going on uh, in fantasy. There actually is some good news to deliver to you guys, and it was really scary uh, the last 48 hours for Willie Calhoun, who I know that you liked, Frank, going into the uh, fantasy draft season. But the good news for Calhoun is that they're saying that he'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Uh, look, I mean, he's not going to play opening day. I would say the odds of him playing in April, Frank, would be like remote. I'd say almost impossible. This has got to be a minimum uh, with a broken jaw of a four to six week injury. And then he's got to go through some rehab too. I'm going to say like May or June at the earliest for Calhoun. Um, and so when we do our Texas Rangers preview, we certainly have a lot to talk about. This is a team going into the season that had some higher expectations, signing, uh, making a trade for Corey Kluber, but their offense is a little bit of a mess right now, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think early to mid-May is a fair timetable for Willie Calhoun, maybe even a little bit later than that. I will say, if you play in a keeper league where you know you keep a player based on where they're drafted for their round value the following year, uh, Willie Calhoun is someone that I would be paying attention to. And don't forget about him. If you have an IR spot in your leagues, someone that I would target late in my drafts. He had a breakout year last year, 21 home runs in just around 80 games. I thought that this was going to be you know, the next step for Willie Calhoun's progression looking at 30-plus home runs. Obviously, huge prospect pedigree. Came over in the U Darvish trade with the Dodgers a couple of years ago. So somebody I was very excited about. It was awesome to see him tweet last night, hey, guys, just want to thank everyone for your prayers. I just got out of surgery and I'm doing well. Can't wait back. Uh, can't wait to be back hitting homers soon. Uh, that comes according to Willie Calhoun on his Twitter account. But for the time being, Craig, it's worth mentioning, you know, who's the player who's going to fill in for him? It was Nick Solak who... You know, replaced him in left field the other day after he got hit. It was Nick Solak who started in left field last night. I was actually watching that game, and they interviewed uh, manager Chris Woodward, and uh, he said that Nick Solak is the one who is going to step in for left field, uh, assuming you know that Willie Calhoun's not going to be ready. I think we can all assume that as well. And I think there's some upside when it comes to Nick Solak, so don't forget about that name on draft day as well, Craig. Yeah, and uh, you know, I asked that question yesterday to somebody, uh, you know, in the you know in the baseball industry about Solak. And uh, and they told me, like, he's he's a stud, like he's going to be able to play, uh, but was questioning the idea of this is really what you want to do. 
with your your top prospect, top hitting prospect, have him uncomfortable at the start of the season? And wouldn't it just be easier for uh, you know for Texas to start a Dallas Garcia or to bring in Melky Cabrera or just have somebody out there? Uh, because Solak has never played that position before. So, um, you know, top prospect, kind of a weird way to do things. I think Texas ends up bringing somebody in. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Phillies look like they're going to be uh, leading off JT Real Muto this season. Um, I'm a little more excited about that than I thought, because I think that more stolen bases are coming for him. And how about the uh, a report coming out of Arizona this morning that Bud Black is considering using David Dahl as the opening day outfielder leading off for the Colorado Rockies. Potentially, Frank, this is really good news, him being in front of both Blackman and Arenado, those Coors Field games. If this kid can stay healthy, David Dahl, I mean, look, probably not as many runs driven in, but the over-under on his run scored this season has got to be at 100 if he plays 140, 150 games. That's a big if, though. Yeah, it just comes down to health for David Dahl. And finally, some good news for your labor team because Ronald Acuna and Manny Machado, as we mentioned earlier in the show, are stinking it up. But now you get this news about David Dahl potentially leading off for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, the talent is there. There's no doubt about that. You know, he was hitting well last year, you know, close to a 300 batting average. And he's got a little bit of pop. He's got some speed. But if he's leading off for the Rockies, you're right, Craig. We could be looking at 90-plus runs this year. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think 100 is within the realm of possibility as well. We've seen Charlie Blackman in his years leading off well over 100 runs scored for the Colorado Rockies. So this could be huge news for David Dahl's value as well. Uh, and then when it comes to JT Real Muto, he led all catchers last year with 93 runs scored. If he is leading off for the Phillies this year, I'm with you, man. I think we could see 10 to 15 stolen bases, 100 runs. I don't think that's crazy out of the catcher position. That's why Real Muto is regarded as the best catcher in real life purposes for fantasy purposes as well. Uh, that is just a stacked lineup out there with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, and speaking of that team and being stacked, it all starts and ends with Bryce Harper and Craig. I don't know if you've had a chance to look into the, the spring numbers for Bryce, but he is off to a blistering start. They're letting him yeah. run uh, as well here throughout spring. And now we're starting to see him move closer even into the first round of some 15-team league. So some helium here on Bryce Harper as well. Craig, you know, that's why we like to say here on the show, you got to draft as early as possible. <laughs> part of it you got to draft as early as possible you got to go off all the spring training stats and uh and listen to what everybody says and do what they tell you to do and don't do your own thing that's the uh that's the rules of fantasy baseball no doubt about that all right so uh just to kind of give you a, an idea as to how we're progressing through the week here uh tomorrow we'll be broadcasting live again from roger Dean chevrolet stadium in jupiter florida as we've got the Yankees and Marlins tomorrow. So I believe because of that, we'll do our Yankees preview on Thursday. Regardless of what we get, we may as well just knock out the Yankees. For tomorrow's show, Frank and I, I believe we'll uh, take care of the Cleveland Indians. So we'll go over their rotation, their hitting staff, and so on and so forth. But coming up next year on our show, we've got a lot to cover still, believe it or not, with the Detroit Tigers. We've got their win total. And since Frank is sitting at the FanDuel Sportsbook, we'll go over a couple of different ways that you can look at win totals, which is what we do here on the show. We give you the way that it could go over, and we give you the way that it could go under, and then you guys can make your best decision and decide how you feel about the Tigers in 2020. We'll also go over their top prospects. We haven't hit on that. And in addition to that, we'll also tell you about some potential values that are outside of the NFC ADP 1 through 200. Also later in the show... 
the Tout Wars Draft and Hold League that I'm in is finally completed. Took a month, but it's over. And I'll tell you who I took in rounds 45 through 50. We spent a lot of February going over values in the six to 700 mark. Did I pull the trigger on any of those players? You'll have to find out. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid. Coming up in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curveball, that's our friend. That's Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. You gotta take the That's I offer a cigar wrong. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here, back with you. Frank at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Craig here in South Florida. It's time for us to make our final decision as to how we view the Detroit Tigers in 2020. As we conclude our team previews, we do these every day from approximately 11.30 Eastern to 12.30 Eastern. And we conclude this one, Frank, with the win total of the Tigers, which sits at 56 and a half wins in 2020. So, uh, Frank, uh, let's paint our best and worst-case scenarios for the Tigers, the scenario to go over, the scenario to go under. I will let you uh, lead off this one here. You're the Cam Maben of the narratives here today. Give me your narrative. Give me your best-case scenario for how the Tigers get to, let's say, uh, 60 wins, 59 wins, something like that. There's no leadoff hitter. I would rather be in baseball right now than Cameron Maven. So thank you, Craig Mish. Let's paint this picture of the best-case scenario for the Detroit Tigers. And I think it starts at the top of their pitching staff with their ace, Matthew Boyd. And I think that if he can regain the form that we saw in the first half of 2019, amasses 250 strikeouts, sub-4 ERA, let's say a 3.75 ERA, and really anchors that staff. I think that'll go a long way to the Tigers, you know, not necessarily competing this year, but being more competitive than they were last season when they only won 47 games. I think it starts with Matthew Boyd there at the top. Miguel Cabrera, we've been talking about him a ton throughout the show here today, and I'm going to go ahead and say he hits 290-plus, with 20 to 25 home runs, not completely vintage, Miggy, because I don't think we're getting a triple ca- uh, triple crown candidate uh, in Miguel Cabrera anymore at his advanced age. But, you know, bounces back, near 300 batting average, 20 to 25 home runs. He's a force in the middle of the lineup uh, and gives us, you know, somewhat of a vintage Miguel Cabrera here. Uh, and we kind of live through the nostalgia of, the, uh, of his career with the Detroit Tigers here in 2020. I think that will help the lineup, obviously, uh, being in in the middle there for them. Casey Mize comes up and makes 10 starts with a sub-4 ERA over a strikeout per inning. Uh, it looks like a breakout starting pitcher heading into the 2021 season from a fantasy perspective. But, you know, I think just seeing him make his debut this year and the fact that he can handle himself against major league hitters uh, and showing the ability to get strikeouts as well has a nasty, phenomenal splitter uh, in Casey Mize. Don't forget about uh, Manning there as well. Scooble we spoke about as 
well. But I think, uh, you know, Casey Mize is the one that a lot of people are paying attention to. I think he comes up this year, performs well. That is part of the best-case scenario. All of these things happen. C.J. Crone, Jonathan Scope perform well for the team. They can ship him out at the deadline and, and fetch some prospects back in return to help replenish that farm system. Spencer Turnbull wins 17 games instead of losing 17 <laughs> games. Just kidding. I think He's probably not going to get to 17 wins. Uh, but if all these things happen, I think, you know, that's the formula for the Tigers winning, you know, 60 to 65 games this upcoming season, Craig. Okay. I, I've learned your tell, by the way, here. Your poker tell when you're not sure. Your voice goes up a little bit. You were on Miguel Cabrera. You're like, maybe. You know, that that's that's your clear tell <laughs> at this point here on Fantasy Sports Today. All right. Uh, I'll give you mine. Here we go. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman. Would you believe that Jordan Zimmerman was a top 10 pitcher in, in fantasy four years ago? Really? Like, Jordan Zimmerman was awesome. Can he just be capable? Can he make 30 starts with an ERA of four. I don't know the answer to that. But if that happens, Tigers are in really good shape. That's number one. Secondly, uh, Nico Goodrum, who everyone knows at this point. If you don't know him, you got to Google, pay attention. Uh, Victor Reyes, they both hit 10 home runs. They both steal 10 bases. They're both capable big league players in 2020. I think if they're on the field, those guys are healthy. Put pressure on the defense. As Ron Gardenhier said, go from first to third on a lot of base hits. I think that there's a chance that their offense will be improved. We know about Scope. We know about Crone. Still not enough. They need a little bit more from some of those extra players, some of those complimentary type players. Those two guys go 10 homers, 10 steals. Is that a lot to ask? I don't think so, but that could push them over the total. And then, you know, they kind of, to go over on this total, you kind of have to hope that Crone and Scope in particular are not great. Now, you may say, well, what does that mean? How could you possibly say that? Don't you want them to be great to go over their total? No, because then they're going to get traded. If they get traded... Here's the problem. There ain't much coming through the pipeline offensively for the Tigers. There's not a lot. So that would really derail their chances if they were traded. So that's what needs to happen in the best case scenario for the Tigers. And by the way, unlike Kansas City, who we talked about yesterday with their low total, the Tigers have at least two pitchers that can come up and do a really good job for them. They have more coming than Kansas City does. So that's uh, my my push for the over on the Tigers. Now, uh, Frank, give me your under. Uh, Craig, before I get into the under, I just want to throw a question back to you real quick. You know, if Jonathan Scope and C.J. Crone do play well in the first half and they can help them, you know, obviously fetch some prospects to help replenish that farm system, aren't they helping the Tigers win games in that first half as well if they perform well? Like if they're hitting home runs and, you know, providing uh, some support in that lineup to Miguel Cabrera, wouldn't that help them get over the total as well? I don't. I, I think that they have to perform at an average level and you hope that they stay over the course of the season, because all, I've seen this play out okay. before, Frank, August, when the good teams are playing against them, they're going to get blasted. It's going to be a disaster. Let's also not forget True. that anybody else with any value, Frank, in that bullpen, like Shane Green last year, why do you think the Tigers went under their total? They moved Shane Green. Uh, he didn't do a good job. Jimenez wasn't great, and that's that's part of this thing. And, and look, it makes sense for the Tigers to get value and trade them back. I'm just talking about specifically for this total. You want as many big league players in August and September on that team. That is a good point as well. Look, this is why we have Craig Mish. He talks some sense into me here on Fantasy Sports Today. Let's paint the picture of the worst-case scenario for the Detroit Tigers. 
with them going under their total right now, which sits at 56.5 here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Matthew Boyd, we saw in the second half last year, really struggled with home runs. And I think, you know, if those continue to hamper him this year, if he continues to give up home runs at a rapid pace, obviously it's a tough division to pitch in. Going up against the Bumba squad with the Minnesota Twins, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, Miguel Sano. The White Sox, I believe, have one of the five best lineups in all of baseball right now. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy task for Matt Boyd. I realize that. Uh, But if he does struggle with the home runs and pitches to an ERA over four, I think that that's probably meaning bad things for the Detroit Tigers here in 2020. You mentioned the bullpen and Joe Jimenez. We spoke about Buck Farmer earlier in the show as well. That command continues to hamper Joe Jimenez this year and his ability to close out games. Struggles with blown saves. Buck Farmer tries to come in uh, and pick up the slack there, but you know doesn't. It winds up not working out for either one of those guys, Joe Jimenez or Buck Farmer. And the back end of this bullpen just winds up being a complete disaster. They can't have that because the few games that they're going to win, they're going to need to hold on to those leads uh, with guys like Buck Farmer and Joe Jimenez locking it down. So they need those guys to be lights out there at the back end of the bullpen. C.J. Crone and Jonathan Scope do not contribute much. They're less than league average hitters at the plate this year. Struggle with strikeouts. Don't give the team as much pop as they were hoping for. Uh, And not only do they not help the Tigers win games, they they don't do that. Uh, Then the Tigers can't trade them away. So it it hurts the Tigers long term and it hurts the Tigers this year in terms of their win total as well. Uh, Last but not least, Spencer Turnbull loses another 17 games here in 2020 um, and things just do not work out all around for the Tigers. The prospects do not develop. They don't play well in the major leagues this year and they fail to reach 50 wins for a in a back to back season here uh, for the Detroit Tigers in 2020, Craig. Yeah, and, and I think that, look, some of those things, unfortunately, are realistic as well. Uh, mine are uh, basically uh, mass deals on the 31st. Boyd, Crone, Scope, Goodrum, maybe the Tigers trade, all of these guys. Wow, August and September would look really weak indeed for the Tigers if that was the case. Although I would say this, um, not having uh, 40 men to play with may change the equation for some of these win totals too, as you could only have a total of 28 players called up Uh, on rosters on uh, uh, September the 1st. Uh, Also, here's a possibility for Detroit, their bullpen. You know what happens with major league teams that are kind of in this rebuild mode. They're not going to invest a lot of money in the pen. There's a big difference when Farmer is in the 7th and Jimenez is in the 8th and Shane Green is in the ninth. Remember how good Shane Green was for Detroit? They still only won 56 games last year. Now he is gone. Who's going to get them to the 7th or 8th inning? I'm not really sure. I don't even know that Ron Gardenhire knows. And here is the worst possible scenario for them, and I hope that this does not happen. You bring in Ron Gardenhire and basically say, hey, look, we're going through a rebuild. You're going to win 50 games. You're going to win 50 games. Maybe this season they only win 50 games again, and they decide at some point that Gardenhire is not the manager. I would hate for that to happen. Um, I don't think that you could bring in this guy and ask him to basically babysit a lot of kids for two or three years, lose a lot, and get rid of them. But you never know. Tigers may do that. And I think that would be part of the worst-case scenario, too. So, Frank, that's kind of uh, where I'm at here. Um, Because of the young pitching that they have, I'll lean a little bit toward the over here with Detroit. But I don't feel very confident about it. 
Yeah, this is just such a low number that it's hard to go under here. 56 and a half. They only won 47 games last year. You're looking for a 10-win improvement. That's a lot at the major league level. But, again, are they going to be 47 wins bad? I don't think so. I lean with you here. Go to the over. But this is not one that I'm actually going to be wagering on myself. I do have some faith in Matt Boyd. I like Miguel Cabrera as a late-round sleeper. Same thing could be said for C.J. Crone and Jonathan Scope, uh, Cameron Maven as well. So, I, look, I have some interest in all of these players then you know, I think that they could potentially get over 56.5. It's just such a low number. I'm not going to bet on it myself, but I'm with you. I do lean on the over here. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, for me, between the three teams, we tried to knock out some of the you know, lesser teams first. Um, Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit. I think that we can make the case that that's three of maybe the, the bottom five teams maybe in all of baseball, uh, potentially. Uh, I think of those teams... I think that there's a pretty good chance that Detroit wins more games than Kansas City and uh, and Baltimore in particular. So um, at least they have that going for them, Frank. But you know, certainly the Tigers uh, will have a very, very good player coming into their organization this year. There's a lot of thought that they could end up with Arizona State's Spencer Torkelson. You talk about offense, this kid's a, a potential 40 home run back at the major league level if Tigers decide to go that route. All right, Florida Man's coming up next. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Your favorite stories from the Sunshine State right here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. All right, welcome back. It's time. Once a week, we check in with the best stories from the state of Florida. It is a Florida Man. I don't know if you saw this, Frank, but yesterday I posted a tweet about a Florida Man yesterday from the uh, spring training game from the uh, Astros Tigers. A guy... Uh, wearing a Yankees cap was just like going in on all of the Astros. They were handling it pretty good too, by the way. They were giving it back a little bit. I did see this video. I, I didn't get a, the opportunity to watch it with the audio on, so I want to see what's going on. You said, uh, you know, some bad language taking place in this video. But look, man, this is what the Houston Astros have to accept. This is the reality of the situation. Uh, they're going to get, you know, harassed by everybody, no matter where they go, what city they go to, what state, country, it doesn't matter. They're going get, to get harassed by everybody, uh, and rightfully so. It's deserved. Yeah, what was funny yesterday was uh, the guy was giving a lot of uh, – Eat to uh, Carlos Correa also. I mean, Altuve was kind of giving it back a little bit, but then when he was giving it to uh, Correa, Correa didn't say much, but he was just kind of like smiling or whatever. And then, and then it was really funny. Uh, somebody got a hit. I don't remember who it was. And then as Correa was rounding home plate, he stared down uh, the guy who was who was yelling at him with a smile like this. He was like, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. 
they're there. Oh, they're that's there. awesome. Look, yeah, was, you know what's crazy? I'll just throw it out there. I, I don't want this to happen, and it would be crazy, but could we potentially see, like, a malice at the palace situation this year in terms of the Houston Astros? Like, they're going to hear some crazy stuff said to them. Like, I don't know, man. It, I don't want it to happen, but it just it wouldn't surprise me, man. It could be. Look, I mean, we, we, we this is uncharted territory. We have no idea. But listen, if the coronavirus is here, maybe there would be no fans in the stadiums, but who knows. Okay, story number one. Here we go. True. A Flagler County man has been arrested after deputies say that he was caught red-handed stealing groceries Friday night and then later pretended to be a federal officer. This is a good one. Uh, Flagler County Sheriff's Office responded to a shoplifting incident at a Publix. Uh, they came into contact with a man, a 60-year-old man, who was caught trying to exit the store with two boxes of potatoes and grouper filet. Deputies say... Uh, that they basically uh, tried to get him to place the shopping bag to purchase it. Uh, he did not. And then he told uh, the the people at the store that he was an air marshal flight examiner and showed them a badge that said in U.S. bold blue letters and said flight examiner. Uh, either way, he was uh, arrested for uh, stealing. He posted a $3,500 bond. So, look, I mean, I saw that movie Catch Me If You Can, Frank. This is just you got to steal grouper when I mean this is part of life you know you got to walk into Publix and got to have your grouper and then show a, a fake badge it's kind of the way it goes. Fun fact here, Craig. It won't surprise you. It won't surprise anybody else who has followed me throughout the years. I had to Google what grouper was earlier today because I had really? no idea. Wow. I don't really venture outside salmon or shrimp. I'm I'm pretty basic when it comes to. Uh, you know, the, the seafood, I guess. But I had no idea what grouper was, so I had to look that up. Uh, that was the, the first takeaway from this story. Is it true that you're a U, if you're a U.S. federal marshal, you don't have to pay for your groceries? Is is that a thing? You could just flash a badge? Like, would that have been all right if he actually was a federal marshal? He could just say, oh, look, I got this badge. I, I don't have to pay for my grouper fish and my uh, and my potatoes. That would be a weird situation. Craig, I will, uh, I'll throw this one out to you. You're a Florida man. You could pull this off, obviously. Next time you're paying for your grouper, your potatoes, when you're walking out, just don't pay and say, it's cool. I'm a fantasy analyst. It should work. Yeah, I was going to say I could just uh, show my sports grid badge. Just be like, look, I'm with sports grid. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd be like, what is that? I'd be like, you don't, come on, sports grid? Ludo. <laughs> Pluto TV. What is that? Oh, Zumo TV. Oh, what is that too? See, I mean, like all of these things. Like, I I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll grab my phone and show them like videos, and that'll end up doing it. But as we grow, everyone will know who we are. They just may not know right now. All right, Florida man story number two. Florida man was arrested and charged with practicing dentistry from inside his own home without a license. And he was convicted of this crime before. We're out in this guy's name today. Jose Santos Vicente was charged with practicing dentistry without a license on Wednesday, according to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Investigators were seen removing dozens of boxes from his home in the morning. And they have video of this as well. There were, quote, police cars up and down the road and undercover. And so, yeah, it was shocking, said one of the neighbors. You love the neighbors. They're always saying, it was shocking. You never want to see a police presence in your neighborhood. No, really. In 2009, he was found guilty by a judge for the same exact crime and served two years in prison. Wow. He claimed that he got the clients through using his license at the University of Puerto Rico. He also said that he performs all procedures except for root canals. No root canals. He won't do those. Too dangerous. Everything else that he would do. Frank, look, there's nothing scarier 
than a dude in his own house performing dental procedures. But I gotta ask the question, if he is doing this, it's gotta mean that there's a lot of people that are going to see him perform these dental procedures. This guy's making a living off this. A lot to unpack. Two years in prison, comes out, we're gonna do it again, and yet, people are still going? You don't Google this guy? You don't look at any reviews? Nothing? That is a scary situation here, Craig. You're right. Look, if you're going to go to a doctor or a dentist, at least Google. You know, get some feedback. Let's see some reviews. Uh, I don't know. Do they make Yelp pages for dentists? They should now. Uh, do not go uh, to the to Dr. Vicente's office anytime soon when it comes to uh, dentists in the state of Florida. The key word to the story is again. This has happened before with the same guy as well. I mean, we should start a GoFundMe for this gentleman because the one thing that I can appreciate is that he's passionate. He's passionate about dentistry. Let's, you know, let's get a GoFundMe up and running for here so he can open up a real practice, uh, a real office here, medical professional. Let's get this guy to, you know, whatever type of college or uh, education he needs so that he can, you know, officially become uh, a dentist here. Uh, you got to appreciate the passion at the least here, Craig. Yeah. I mean, look, we've been trying to lock up Dr. Roto for being a fake doctor for almost a decade, and that hasn't worked. So I don't get think it's going to work this cards. guy either. It just ain't working. It ain't working. People want to be doctors. That's the way it works. All right, uh, next story here. The headline is one that you want to keep. A Florida man is behind bars after deputies say that he used a baby as a human shield. This is a true story. According to Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, I don't even know where that is, nowhere where I live, Authorities say this man named Zach Taylor McKinney, 31 years old, late Monday, was pulled over for a child custody issue, which is serious. Once stopped, he refused to obey tr basic traffic commands uh, and appeared to be under the influence of narcotics. This is shocking. He also held and refused to release an infant using the victim as a shield. Now, the good news is the baby was not harmed. They apprehended the guy, and he was just Looney Tunes. Uh, facing charges of battery of an officer, battery on a healthcare worker, false imprisonment of a child, and of course, child abuse and resisting arrest. Frank, I gotta tell you, uh, the stories get more disturbing one day after the next. Imagine you have your own child using your own child as a baby, holding it as an infant shield. Uh, I don't know where to go from here with this. I'll turn it over back to you. This is a reminder to say no to drugs, kids, because uh, something clearly um, going wrong here. This guy was out of his mind. I mean, are like bat salts a thing again? And apparently, he was trying to oh, bite the that. cop. Yeah. Uh, is he a zombie? Is this the? Uh, this sounds like the start of the next season of like Walking Dead. Let's get like the spinoff. The next spinoff of Walking Dead is Florida Man Edition, starring uh, this gentleman, whoever this is. Say no to drugs, kids. Uh, Craig, do you actually watch Walking Dead? Because I feel like this could be a nice spinoff here. You know, I did I did watch Walking Dead for a number of years, but I think two or three seasons ago, it just it, I was done. Uh, once the main character was written off the show or whatever, I, I know that they are saying he's coming back or whatever, but I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. I thought the first five or six seasons were great. It just got awful, and I quit. And it's rare. I don't think I've ever quit a show. Yeah, I this, was, this was one that I quit. I threw the towel in in the second season. They spent like eight episodes trying to find a little girl. I mean, that might be a spoiler alert as well. I'm like, this is too many episodes. Like, maybe this is like a two or three episode type thing, but for it to be the entire season, they dragged oh, it out it too was long. Good. I it couldn't even good. get past it season two. No, it was good. The first five, six seasons were really good. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, final story of the day. 
This is this is the the, the gruesome one. Unfortunately, got to do it. Uh, Florida woman now charged with second degree murder. It's not funny at all. After police said that her boyfriend died after he was zipped up in a suitcase and left to die, a report said. Uh, this woman, Sarah Boone of Winter Park, Florida, allegedly told police that the two were playing hide and seek. But police said a, a cell phone video raised suspicions, and they said that uh, George Torres, which was her boyfriend, could be heard yelling for help while inside the suitcase, prompting Boone to respond, That's what I feel like when you cheat on me. Uh, she told police that they thought it would be funny that he got inside the suitcase. She allegedly said they were drinking at the time, of course, and she passed out of the bed. When she woke up hours later, she allegedly said she found him unresponsive and breathing. Um, this woman, Frank, is going to have a really hard time in a future relationship, would be my guess. Yeah, this is one of the more gruesome stories that we've heard yet in terms of Florida, man. And of course, it comes courtesy of Florida woman. So it shows what they True. are capable of as well in the Sunshine State. Uh, this is a classic case of he said, she said. You know, obviously, look, it doesn't sound like the guy was, uh, you know, an, an outstanding human by any means, if any of these things are true, but obviously doesn't deserve to be locked inside of a suitcase as a result of that. Craig, I can confidently say that I have played my last game of hide-and-seek. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Frank, al almost justifying uh, the man being put in the suit. You came very close there to justifying that man being put in the suit. I'm glad you used a little qualifier there at the end. Of course it doesn't mean he should be locked up and killed in a suitcase, but not the nicest man in the world. Tell that to his family, Frank. His family watching us on Stir TV yeah. right now. They're very, very upset. They're contacting Stir. I'm sorry. Bad news, Frank. Don't ever do that to our viewers at Stir. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about my Tout Wars draft and hold team. Scintillating stuff. Last five rounds of the draft. Did I get anyone that's worth uh, 10 cents? We'll tell you next here on Sportsman. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Do you want to test your NCAA tournament bracket against our hosts like Gabe Morenci and Scott Farrell? Join our Sports Grid Bracket Challenge. Entering is easy. All you do is tweet at Sports Grid this week leading up to Selection Sunday and tell us when our show in-game live helps you win cold, hard cash. That's it. When we see all your info is good, we'll send you a link to our Bracket Challenge once Selection Sunday is over. The prizes are pretty sweet including free swag, a tour of Studio 34, or a one-time on-air guest spot on your favorite sports grid show, obviously Fantasy Sports Today. We'll answer your fantasy question for you, whatever you want. Don't miss your opportunity to be the first sports grid bracket winner. For more details, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid or on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Back to you, Mr. Craig.
All right. Thanks very much, Frank. Uh, March Madness coming up real soon. Uh, next week, we'll have some discussion on that. And uh, college basketball gets to what I think is the uh, the best time of the year in sports. March is usually awesome. Spring training, uh, golf, but you know some things being canceled. Hopefully, that will still be the case. All right. Uh, the the, the never-ending draft is finally over. My Tout Wars draft and hold squad. And rather than going over all 50 rounds, which is just not possible to do and not interesting for anyone, I thought that we would take a look at the last few picks that I had in uh, in the in the draft and hold. Honestly, Frank, um, I'll never do this draft again. Uh, you, you, you have to have a clock of some kind. And, and, and look, I'm not saying that, that, look, I took a long time for some picks too. And, and the reason why I took a long time is because there was no clock. You, you absolutely have to have a clock. Of, it could be 12 hours, but you have to have something, eight hours, four hours, 12, something. We had nothing. It took way too long. It took uh, forever. Um, anybody on, on my last five or six picks, Frank, that's interesting for you? Khalil Lee, I think, is going to have a chance to play, maybe steal some bases in August and September. He's not coming up until then. They'll move Alex Gordon. Uh, Jake Rogers is maybe the starter, maybe the backup catcher for the Tigers. I took him as well. Ian Anderson, sometime this summer, a starter for the Braves. As soon as Willie Calhoun went down, ironically, I was on the clock. And so I threw a dart at Adalas Garcia, who hit a ton of home runs with the Cardinals in the minors last year. Maybe he plays some for the Rangers. Uh, Yolmer Sanchez is the starting second baseman for the Giants. They signed him in the offseason. I think he's going to play a little bit. And then, uh, of course, I took Buck Farmer there at the end after that interview. I you know, felt like I snatched a, a potential closer very late into the draft. Anyone in the in that you like there? I mean, honestly, all dart throws. Yeah, I'll talk about the two players that I have also drafted on some of my draft and hold teams, and that is Khalil Lee, as you mentioned. Uh, 53 stolen bases last year in the minor leagues for the Kansas City Royals, and I spoke about him yesterday with Greg Sussman. Uh, Khalil Lee and uh, Nick Heath, two names there in the Kansas City Royals organization that have legitimate speed and could get an opportunity later on in the season. Uh, they're not going to be there to start the year with the Kansas City Royals. And then the other one is Ian Anderson. As of now, it looks like the king. Felix Hernandez is back, rounding out the Atlanta Braves rotation. Uh, but all seriousness, Felix Hernandez has looked really good. Uh, but, you know, Ian Anderson, a prospect, a pitching prospect for the Braves here, former first-round pick back in 2016, uh, might have an opportunity at the back end of that rotation at some point this season. He is someone who I have drafted a few shares of. 172 strikeouts and 135 and two-thirds innings pitched last year between AA and AAA. Does struggle a little bit with command with the walks, but uh, I do like some of the strikeout upside here. It wouldn't surprise me if Ian, Ian Anderson uh, gets a handful of starts here, maybe even a little bit more with the Atlanta Braves, but him and Lee specifically are names that I have drafted as well myself here, Craig. Yeah, Khalil, Khalil Lee looks like, at least according to what everyone says, the fastest player in all of Major League Baseball, so uh, what does that get you? I mean, honestly, not a lot. We've seen it in the past, but it is the 45th round of a 50-round draft, and I think that is the point. I'm not trying to say the guy is anything, but think about it. If Khalil Lee comes up in August, plays in September, hits 240, steals eight bases, this is absolutely worth the 45th pick in uh, in an NFBC 50-round draft, uh, draft and hold format, as we call it. Uh, okay, now in terms of the undrafted players, now that this thing is over, Frank, there are actually, I think, a couple of names here of players that are going to have some value this season. Maybe not a lot, 
But Greg Holland, if by some miracle he puts himself back in the ninth inning again in Kansas City, not impossible. They'd have to trade Kennedy, probably trade Rosenthal as well. Uh, Derek Holland's in Pittsburgh. I mean, I probably don't want to roster him, but maybe he gets 15 starts. I saw Wade LeBlanc pitch very well for the Orioles. I think he's getting 20 starts this season. Uh, Joe Kelly, seventh inning, eighth inning guy with the Dodgers. Always high expectations for Kelly that have been unmatched. I know this. This is going on five years of this already. Austin Dean's had a great spring. Maybe he wins the left field job for two months for St. Louis. Six home runs, seven home runs early. It's possible. Lomo is back in the big leagues again with the Brewers. I don't think that he'll be a huge factor, but look, he says that he's an all-star if he plays. And then finally, Tim Beckham is not on a team. How did that happen? Beckham had an okay year last year. Remember, he got off to that great start and then nothing. I'm very surprised that he's unsigned. No team sees fit to put Tim Beckham on even a non-roster invite team. Maybe he's done, Frank. I don't know. Any, any names on here of any interest whatsoever? Logan Morrison, the all-star. You got to be excited about Lomo. No, nah, I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to make the case here for him. Right. But it's something that we've talked about before. I think the name at the top of the list, Greg Holland, is one that you mentioned where a couple of years ago we still saw that he had some value as the closer with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ian Kennedy is far from a sure thing. Uh, he did break out last year, kind of a renaissance, a resurgence for Ian Kennedy now as the closer of the Kansas City Royals. But, you know, how, uh, how, how long is that leash with the Kansas City Royals and then you know Trevor Rosenthal is an interesting name but you know he hasn't been consistent the past couple of seasons no. he struggles mightily with command as well so look there's an opportunity I can see it playing out where look if Greg Holland's the best one at the back end of that bullpen and Kennedy is struggling we've seen this and said this time and time before Craig strike one strike two strike three you're out when it comes to the closer situation uh the Kansas City Royals they can't really afford to blow games at the back end as well so I think that's the name that really stands out to me I'm gonna go with one Holland in Greg over Derek not really excited about Derek but I can see a situation where Greg Holland does have some value this season you know, it's interesting, and I mentioned Beckham, who's not on a team. I, I believe it was like the 35th round or 34th round. Scooter Jeanette uh, was taken. And Frank, are you surprised that this guy has, has no team, no role whatsoever after the few years that he's had? Like, I mean, I feel like he's a major league player. I can't believe that he's that no team has signed him, even to a minor league deal of any kind. Maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes with him, an injury or something. I'm, I just can't believe no team wants him. Yeah, it does seem pretty crazy. I mean, maybe it's defense-related. I don't think he was ever the best defender. But, I mean, this is someone who, you know, just a couple of years ago was hitting 20, 25 home runs, good batting average as well, you know, obviously from the middle infield position. He was a sought-after commodity from a fantasy perspective, you know, as early as uh, last year. You know, we were still drafting him as a top 12, top 15 second baseman last year. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy to just see him completely out of baseball. You would imagine he latches on somewhere as a bench yeah. bat, right? I mean, if Derek Dietrich can last around, exactly. you know, as a bench yeah. bat for the Cincinnati Reds or another team, then why can't, you know, uh, you know, why can't uh, Scooter Jeanette have a similar role? So, yeah, I do think that is actually pretty surprising there, Craig. Yeah, 27 home runs in 2017, 23 home runs. In uh, in 2018 from Scooter Jeanette. So, um, I mean, he'd had a bad year last year, let's be honest. He didn't do anything. But, yeah, I mean, uh, out of baseball completely. He was an all-star two years ago, too. All right, uh, fantasy BFFs today. I didn't ask you about that yet. What's on the show today? 
So we're going to do our uh, whiteboard series where Greg kind of casts me off to the corner of the room and we kind of break down a specific draft pick. So today we're going to look at the ninth pick in uh, fantasy baseball drafts this year, nine out of 12 teams. And we kind of break down the first couple of rounds, which players are going to be available for you uh, in the first, second, and third round. And basically what your ideal start would look like in both a roto and a head-to-head -head points league. So regardless of what format you play in, we're basically helping you build that foundation for your team uh, if you do have the ninth pick in a 12-team league or, you know, anywhere in that range, 8, 9, 10, uh, you know, you can use this as kind of your, uh, your barometer of uh, how you want to start your drafts here, Craig. All right. And don't get, don't get mad if, you know, don't have fights with Greg today. You may end up in a suitcase at the end of the show. That's, you know, we can't have that. We've got to be back here on tomorrow's show, too. Um, as a reminder uh, for tomorrow's show, uh, again, we'll be live at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. I'll be live. Frank will be in New Jersey. Of course, I'll be on and off the show tomorrow as, uh, as much as I possibly can. And then bringing you back everything that we've accomplished. We'll have that on Thursday's show when we uh, preview the New York Yankees. We'll do the Yankees on Thursday, uh, no matter what. Tomorrow, I believe, we'll do the Indians. And then next week, we got to start doubling up on teams, Frank. So you and I, we're going to have to get together and figure that out. But before we end, we always end the show with a little hot take sauce in a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. Nice velocity. So virtually every professional sports team now has cut off clubhouse and locker room access to the media. I get it, I understand it, and I want everybody to be safe. Make no mistake about it. But let me also ask you this very same question. When the players in all of these sports are done for the day, are they cutting off their access to the outside world? Are they not going to Starbucks? Are they not going to Chipotle? Are they asking their servers to stand six feet away from them? Like they're asking the media to be six feet away from them? I understand it, you gotta be safe, but it just seems a little ridiculous if players in all sports are being allowed to operate in their everyday lives as soon as they leave the stadium or the ballpark. It makes our lives so much more difficult. Hopefully this is temporary. Bottom line is I get it and I want everybody to be safe and spring training is only two weeks away from being over. But um, yeah, I mean, you're going shopping, you're doing things, you're interacting with people. Don't really understand the whole thing, but we certainly will abide by it. Thanks again to the Detroit Tigers for helping me with uh, some of these interviews that I did yesterday. Thanks again to Chris Pavona for producing our great staff over at SportsGrid. Some stuff we put together today didn't make the air. We'll try to do better on our next show. For my co-host Frank Stample, I'm Craig Bish. Fantasy Sports Today is done for the day. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern, live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.